people. There's good people out there. It's Reg. It's Stone. And we're talking music. Talking music. <laughs> very jazzy episode. Very jazzy. Very jazzy. It's, jazz it's, hands. Yeah, jazz hands. Well, uh, I think we just started off with the, the sadness of the jazz. Um, rest in peace, Roy Hargrove. Yeah. R.I.P. Um, a, a pioneer in many ways. We'll kind of dig a little deeper into that, but um, it's, it's kind of in a space of where, you know, right now with... The wave, basically, jazz is the wave. Long story short, yeah. All the blogs I go to, Pitchfork writes about jazz. Stereo Gum writes about jazz. You got jazz acts like Kamazi playing Coachella. It's we're it's all about the jazz. Yeah. All about the jazz in 2018. And I think what's interesting is, you know, and we discussed, you know, what does hate for for hip hop, <laughs> but it feels like slowly over the years with the newer generations that of jazz artists that is kind of the lines being kind of blurring. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think it's just it's one of those things where we've always had like uh like hip hop inf- like a uh, jazz influenced hip hop, right? Yes. We've always had that like jazz production, you know, Guru, Jazzmatazz, you know, tribes tribes like jazz influences things like that. But now it's kind of like we have hip hop influenced jazz. Yes. <laughs> 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 Which is, you know, it's complete opposite. And it's really interesting now, you know, kind of, you know, I mean, we've had this for, for a, a minute. I know people at Revive Music, shouts to them. They, they've been kind of pushing this angle for a long time. Um, but now it's kind of breaking the surface and it's breaking the scene. Um, and it's really kind of cool to see, you know, as you know, I'm not going to say I'm a jazz head. Like, I can't tell you what trumpet so-and-so use on what recording, what live recording <laughs> You know, at the Blue Note. It was 1958. <laughs> a dusty day in Harlem. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I appreciate jazz, you know, and, and I it's one of those art forms that, I mean, Real Talk was left for dead, like, say, 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it was one of those art forms that, you know, was either, you listen to jazz, you're over the age of 50 or 60, and, you know, you're, like, you know, listening to like, you know, like a little like jazz public radio station. And that's pretty much it, you know, or they'll like, like you'll go to brunch and it'll be a jazz band. <laughs> like that was the state of jazz, like 15, you know, 15 years ago. And it's interesting now that jazz is cool and like jazz artists are playing the same venues as you said, it's like hip hop or, or even hipster, you know, or, or like hipster, like, or, yeah. you know, or yeah. The, the cool, the cool, the cool music venue that you have now will definitely have your little indie rock. It'll definitely have your little cool hip hop, but it'll also have a cool jazz. And then what's fucked up is the crowd will be not the same crowd will be in all three. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And just uh, you know, to get back to our Roy Hargrove, RIP, uh, you know, like. Like he was one of the, the kind of the pioneers that kind of start working with, um, you know, so Aquarians and working with like, you know, like, I guess I wouldn't call him pop, but, you know, like R&B artists and things and things like that. So, yeah. you know, he's kind of a bebop dude for the longest time. Um, and, you know, he started working with D'Angelo, started working with Erica Badu. Um, he did a lot on my favorite Erica Badu album of all time, which is Mama's Gun. Da, da, da. <laughs> Great album. Um, <laughs> Orange Moon is incredible. Uh, but, you know, he kind of, I think, I wouldn't say he's like the pioneer whatever, but, you know, he was one of those dudes that kind of started working in that space and kind of opening that space up, um, you know, 10, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of setting the stage, um, you know, for some of these these jazz artists to emerge now, um, you know, because again, like jazz was 
kind of like boho you know jazz is kind of like whatever and now you're having a jazz artist on the same stage as a, a like a popular r&b artist yeah. having a jazz artist you know on the stage as a hip-hop artist you know having those influences kind of bleed in not just as a sample but actually having that live instrumentation <laughs> yeah you know like actually happen in real time and um that that's what you kind of opened up yeah and it, and it's it's something where i think before you always had like he had guru jasmine taz you always had these little specks of jazz here and there but it seemed very it's like we're taking these two things putting up together yeah and and not to say that you know it didn't sound great a lot of those songs were really dope like buckshot lafong with like um bread from Masalis and teacher premiere yeah like, yeah a lot of, or even like let's say a planets how we discussed mm-hmm. but, but the thing is what's cool about with hargrove is he kind of like he laid the blueprint of the way jazz musicians are now where you could kind of you know, come here, have a jazz album, have somebody rap on the jazz album, go tour for hip hop artists, but have your own set with that hip hop artist, but then go, you know, write a song for a female R and B female who's who does the hook and you're on her album and she does your album. Yeah. It's kinda of flat where, yeah. you know, it's and then so I think of Hargrove is where he kinda of broke the barriers down where before, you know, like having a jazz dude show up on your record was just like, Oh my God, it's a big deal. You know, yeah. but now it's just like, you know, Kendrick had a fucking jazz album. One of the biggest hip hop albums <laughs> in the past 10 years was basically a hip hop jazz album. And I think we kind of forget. And what's cool about Hargrove is the fact of where I think the issue of jazz, and it's not a lot of jazz artists. I think that there was a an issue of where, you know, traditionalism, where I still have jazz, my jazz friends now are very much like, you know, at this jazz festival I saw XYZ, yeah. why are they there? They aren't real jazz. Yeah. And I kind of get it. For a lot of things, you know, I've got certain things I'm very much purist with. But the problem with that is at a certain point, it kind of, it's hard for the genre to grow. You got to, long story short, you got to steal. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, you definitely. Steal and definitely. That's the way, and that's the way why hip hop has been a dominant genre for so long is because hip hop in 2018 is not hip hop even from 2013. It is always kind of taking from here, taking from there. It's like, all right, this year what's hot? The flute sample. This year what's hot? Oh, we're going to have these John Carpenter synths. Oh, this year this, what's hot right now? Oh, these big R&B hooks. It borrows wherever it needs to, and that's why it's been kind of a malleable art form. So to a certain extent, rock. That's how I was able to kind of survive, yeah. where it's like we can go full blues, or we can kind of go just weird noise, or we can go kind of pop, like a 21 Pilots. Yeah. And I think of jazz, jazz kind of resisted it for a very long time. A lot of it was because, you know, and I kind of get it, I think it was because, you know, you had this traditional black art form and suddenly basically got raided by, you know, all these quote unquote outsiders. And also you've got this transition from the civil rights era to where, you know, it was a preeminent, preeminent art form. And then suddenly you had funk, you had all these weird crossover things happening in the black community. Yeah. And to a certain extent, you know, I don't want to get into that, you know, Mobile Blues argument. <laughs> but to a certain extent, we kind of, we stepped away and they didn't kind of come after us. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting to see kind of artists kind of, you know, like I want to hop on this track or I want to have this person play on my track and, you know, and vice versa where, you know, you can watch like a Glasper. So like I saw Glasper like two weeks ago. So Glasper was there with Bilal, who's a traditionally R&B singer, yeah. covering Miles Davis you know, periodically playing little covers of like things like Radiohead and also hip hop breaks, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So it was kind of like a melange. And what's cool about, I think, 
the, the current jazz guys, the fact that they grew up in hip hop and they aren't ashamed of it. Where I think where, like, you know, like when, when, when still hates on hip hop. Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. How are you going to hate on hip hop? Yeah. Hip hop been around for 40 years. And I think that that's the issue where jazz had, where you arbitrarily had these gatekeepers where it's like, all right, if you, if you cross over, if you leave this gate and cross over to the other lands, <laughs> you're a dance forever. You could never come back. Yeah. And what's cool about Hargrove is Hargrove did it. And like a lot of dudes now, like your Kamazis, your, your, with Christian Scotts, he just does it where it's like I just show up and I was just, I just I just vibe with him, man. It's just it's just biz, it's fucking music, you know what I'm saying? No, no, definitely, definitely. And it's, it's kind of interesting too because jazz is almost like <laughs> it's like black people's classical music. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I, I'm probably gonna get some hate mail for that. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, don't rough. dox me. Maybe um, classic rockish. No, I mean classical music. Like, like it's very much, you know. Even though jazz is freeform, like there's very much an, uh, uh, you know, like almost like a structure to it. There's yeah. very much an audience to it, and there's very much people who want th- like this genre to stay where it is, and, which know? is fucking bizarre. Because not to be funny, in the twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, jazz they were the rock stars. They're so, the rock stars. So it's weird to have this word yeah. like you know, upperly mobile. You know, this is you know when you get dressed. Gonna go down to downtown. Gonna watch a jazz club. Gonna order expensive drinks and so so and so. Where you know, if it was like the twenty, you'd have Cap Calloway <laughs> hollering at your girl. <laughs> Be also like, yo, let's go do some cooking in the corner. So it's weird where that kind of switch happened. <laughs> and, and then, like you said, maybe it's because you know, it's I don't know if it's an idea of where because mainstream America kind of discovered it late and became a certain thing of like all oh, these great musicians and as you know, it's it's almost as if where the snobbery of the idea of where. They think as of late, with the advent of computers and sampling and everything else, I'll, I'm not going to be one of those guys and say musicianship has gone down, but there isn't as much a focus as musicianship in music nowadays as there is vibe, songwriting, yeah. a lot of aspects. All equal, though. I'm not going to say that one is better than the other. And I think maybe where it kind of suffered was where, you know, like, again, a more better argument, where it's like if you play stuff people wanted to hear, maybe they would actually come out. And I think it's the idea of where... Because to kind of keep that kind of audience, to kind of keep that aloofness, to kind of keep these high, you know, prices for drinks at the Blue Note, you had to have a certain <laughs> certain edge of like, you know, shouts to Blue Note, shouts to Blue Notes, and your your <laughs> eighteen dollar drink prices <laughs> for regular ass whiskey. But you know, and it's and like you said, it's 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 a it's music for those those big city big city spenders. Yeah, and, that, and, and yeah, and, and it's actually kind of interesting too because like last show I saw Blue Note, and I'm I'm blanking on the artist, and Georgia actually Georgia Ann like was a backup singer on. The oh, track. holler! And I'm blanking on the artist, but you know it, it was actually kind of interesting because yeah, you did have kind of like your your bougie you know black people, I, but I would say it was mainly European and Japanese. Yes, <laughs> you know, but that goes which through, is, yeah yeah, and it's just kind of interesting to kind of see. Um, like that kind of like I wouldn't say like traditional jazz crowd like, but it's it's like like that crowd is now like I think so much more international. Um, and I think now you're kind of like, oh well, do I play towards this like kind of international crowd that's like very much kind of expecting traditional jazz, or do I go to like you know this hip hop crowd which may or may not accept me? I'm not sure, you know. So and it's kind of interesting. Because it was a mix of jazz and hip hop, and you can kind of tell, like the <laughs> the people from like Japan were just like, "What is this Black Lives Matter?" 
Then he played this old school Jerry the Damager Brink, <laughs> which I loved. That premiere flipped. <laughs> what is a premiere? You know, um, but no, I mean it's it's, it's really interesting because like I, I like the reason I bring up that show is because like because it's contrast of all the new old crowd there a new crowd there and you could kind of see the tension <laughs> a little bit um and yeah that that's that's kind of where jazz is in a nutshell um you know and, and it's great like it's 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 always evolving you know even like a art like bad bad not good which i throw in a lot of times when, I, when, when, I, when people talk about jazz and people kind of sigh at me but it's like but that i mean they made some of the best jazz, I feel. <laughs> well, you know, they, they, in they, the past five, five, ten years. Yeah, they've held it down you know, um, on the low Thundercat. Oh, Thundercat. Thundercat. Yeah. You know, I mean, well, I, you know, obviously Kamasi. But yeah. even, you know, we, we were talking about Sons of Kemet. That's kind of like jazz influence, but yeah. like taking it to a, another level. And like I said, I've, I've seen know. it pop up on lists where I, sh- I, I saw it on the metal block. <laughs> Sons of Kimmit? Sons of Kimmit, but it makes sense. I, I can see that. Because I can it's see all that. like, it's, it's riffs. If you play those yeah. in guitar of distortion, that's, you, you have a little Metallica section yeah, on there. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see that. Yeah, I so, could definitely see that. So it's something where, and, and I think it's it's why the, the genre is really, really healthy and it's really, really fun, where it's like you can kind of go out there and see a lot of young cats where, you know, I think it's the West Coast Get Down, where you've got like the, the what's happening in the West Coast. You've got a lot of weird things happening in New York as far as, let's say, not necessarily jazz per se, but like sitting in the corner where there's playing free form, there's almost noise. Yeah. And I think it's it goes to, and I hate to be Hickam's Hickam's a pitchfork think piece. You ready for this? <laughs> okay, in, let's in go. In today's technology-focused music production era, oh my goodness. I believe that jazz is a reputation of what's been happening. It's, it's organic. It's live. It's not just... Mm zeros and ones on a laptop screen is things that leave you <laughs> breathless. <laughs> Snaps to that. Snaps to that. Snaps to that. But you know, I think it's, I think it's, it's, and maybe, you know, it's, it's, it's an idea of where like a, a things kind of come back around and two, it's also dis- distinctly different from what's out there. Like you really can't do a jazz, you could sample a jazz break, yeah. but you can't even pay it. <laughs> that even costs fucking money now. <laughs> Shit, it costs more money to sample a jazz break than it is to actually hire a whole bunch of jazz musicians to tour with you. <laughs> To play said jazz break at every stop that you're doing. <laughs> so it's the idea of where, you know, it's kind of cool to see it come back in live instrumentation, even though it's never really left. Because, you know, there's always dudes out there, you know, that's what, <laughs> basically that's what music class is for. Out there, hammering out and kind of learning the instrument. So it's kind of cool. And, and I think of Hargrove and props to him, his legacy, he's going to get anything where... You know, obviously he's had albums that were big, that were, that won Grammys, but I think the genius behind him is the fact of where he really lowered the barriers in a way where, oh, yeah. like, you know, with Fred Hargrove, they would not be, you know, Pimper Butterfly. They would not be, you know, a lot of the dope, you know, Neo Soul would have lost an edge if it wasn't that, you know, it would have had to, you know, it's, it's. It's it's the way it's an organic and the way it kind of sounded very Motown. The way Kamazi could kind of go out there and just fucking you know probably swimming in cocaine and fucking women and fucking trippers that, in the gold tub things the, like that. The, the Kamazi thing is like so interesting to me, um, just because I've I've. I've seen him play a festival, and it's like it's it's kind of a weird, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a weird thing because you have like a bunch of you know kids who are like. They look like they like want to just like you know throw down, and they're just like listening to jazz. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like a weird like you know just like you know it's a weird thing to kind of see live. And the bad bad not a good the same thing. It's like 
It's really weird to see live. But, you know, they both had crowds. Yeah. And you know? I, yeah. And, like, you're talking about, like, your average Molly-taking <laughs> festival-going, <laughs> you know, like, suburban, you know, whatever, like, is standing there in front of Kamasi. Like, it's, it's, it's like... It's it's really cool to see. It's it's really cool to see, but it's kind of it's, it's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Maybe it's trippy, man. You know, like like Kamazi, they look, you got the chorus, you got all those harps. And after a certain point, <laughs> if you're in that right my level, it's like woo, woo. But yeah, no. And I think it's I, I think it's great. I love the fact of where like now it's an avenue and live instrumentation is a thing, and it's not and it's not anything weird. Like I felt like before, it kind of sucked. And I, and I only mean this in a bad way where if you had jazz, it was a, you had to, it'd be jazz. Yeah. Like Diggable Planets was like jazz. Yeah. This yeah, is not, yeah, yeah. this is, we're doing, what we're doing yeah. is not what Wu Tang is doing over there. Yeah. We're do, and I say this as a huge Diggable Planet fan, and, and it definitely weren't pretentious, but it's the idea of where you would read these reviews and the, the way the crowd reacted, where it's like, oh, but this is real stuff. <laughs> not what's happening. Not that shit but bang, bang, good stuff over there. Not that Onyx. And then now you've got it where it's like, you know, not to be funny, you could have Mask Off, which has fucking jazz flutes on it, basically. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The future. So it's, it's kind of cool how those barriers are coming down. And I, I think it's a testament to dudes like Hargrove, who didn't make a fucking big deal about it. Didn't like have the, you know, I'm gonna have the hippity hop hop album with like all this stuff on it. He was just like, yo, I just fuck with this music. This is what I grew up with. This, I see these guys as my peers. Let's make some dope shit. And that's what you basically had. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's gotta be a jazz version, version of Mask Off. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, like that, like that, that, that should happen. That, that, that's an easy win. That's, that's a layup. An easy win, man. <laughs> that's I'm, a layup. I'm telling you, let's go. I'll, I'll, I'll learn the flute. You know, say form a little band. We'll just do, we'll do jazz trap covers. <laughs> It'll be like yoga. We'll just sit there in the background, like you're right. <laughs> Our next song will be. At the same oh, damn time. Oh, there's 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 a mask off challenge. Oh, oh my goodness! I want to know what that's. Jazz acoustic <laughs> guitar. <laughs> Jazz. I'm about to be in a YouTube wormhole. Uh, anyway, but no, like it's like I said, it's, it's really cool to kind of see Jazz's evolution. Um, you know, it's just again as, as a as a somebody who like loves the genre, um, it's just kind of cool to see it come back and yeah. cross over. And yeah, like again, like R R I P Roy Hargrove. Like, um, I'm not gonna say like I'm the, the biggest Roy Hargrove fan, but I know like just looking at my timeline, he touched a lot of people um, that I know personally. Um, so you know, it's a great loss for the community. Obviously, uh, any any you know, anytime like somebody who's that impactful you know passes away, it, it makes an impact. Um, but this one, I think, kind of stuck with a lot of people I know. So R I P. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. I don't know. I, I guess I go to to my new music. All I'm right. On a similar vibe. Georgia and Muldrow. Uh, okay. Yeah, no, no, no. We already dropped your name, so yeah. we might as well. Ooh, go straight into it. Where... Keep the name in your mouth. Woo, woo. <laughs> positive, positive, because I feel like, you know, who's she dating? She's she's married or dating to somebody, another hip-hop dude. Dudley Perkins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm trying yeah. to get slapped up by Dudley Perkins out, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm out in the bodega all of a sudden, his fist comes out in my face, but... uh. But yeah, Georgia Ann Muldrow going back is somebody where, I mean, how to describe her? She's like, basically, I feel like the unsung hero of 
R&B slap. Basically, unsung hero of R&B. As far as if you're doing any kind of forward-thinking R&B music, she's involved with it. As far as crossing over to hip-hop, as far as crossing over definitely to jazz, yeah, she's been there. And so I feel like, unfortunately for her, because of that niche, she's never been had a chance to kind of shine. Mm-hmm. Just because, like you said, she was singing background for somebody. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But it also testament to her talents where <laughs> you remember who she, she was, who she was singing background for, but you remember her. Yeah. So I think that just shows you how impactful she is. And so recently she was kind of teasing some music and it was really dope. And when I heard she got signed to, ironically enough, Brain Feeder. Oh, well. Home, home of Flying Lotus, Thundercat, and a lot of the that weird intersection of jazz music and avant-garde hip hop. That sounds right. Yeah, that sounds basic. And so it kind of it was on my radar for a minute and I and but then it kind of snuck out on Friday and it's fucking dope. It's not what I expected because I was hoping, really I was hoping. Because what she previewed on the on Instagram was basically like, you know, a dope ass, you know, head not beat. And I was saying, I was yeah. like, oh shit, this is a fucking bop. And in the album itself, it's kind of what you might expect from Brain Feeder, particularly on the jazzier side. Heavy R&B, heavy jazz, definitely some electronic production, mm-hmm. definitely some samples. Yeah. But definitely something that's more like, you know, on a jazzier side. And what's cool and what's crazy about her and her career is the fact of where 20 years ago to like now... She's the same damn artist, and it's fucking current. Yeah. Like, it's crazy where you could have a, a label like Brain Feeder sign her, which is the most avant-garde avant-garde, and then she basically drops one of her albums, and it's ass solid. Yeah. The only thing in this one is that she, sometimes she raps also, and she's a pretty good rapper too, but um, she's not rapping here. It's more just straight singing. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a great little record. Some of the songs, what I like, I like Pay It Up. Overload, the, the title track is fantastic. And it's just a dope little, you know, it's it's just, it's just solid. And then what's cool about um, what's cool about artists like her is the fact of where she's kind of she's done so much she doesn't really owe anybody anything mm-hmm. except to kind of make like these these solid tracks. So what's cool is the fact of where it's just like you know it's it's something he's kind of playing vibe to and chill and it's, it's it's awesome. So what I'm hoping for is that because it's on Brain Feeder, maybe she kind of be out more and kind of because the one thing about her is that it's hard to kind of see her solo at times. Yeah. Because she's that kind of you know you got to make that money. Yeah. You know the Georgia yeah. Mojo tracks ain't making track ain't making cash, but you know if I go out there you know what I'm saying and tour of this you know whoever it is yeah I'm gonna make that cash but uh it's a great statement and I kind of and I think it kind of examples I mean examples it shows what we we're talking about before about that intersection of hip-hop jazz and R&B where it's definitely fucking jazzy it's definitely hip-hop and it's definitely it's R&B so it, it's it's it definitely gonna be one of my I think you know top albums of the year that's what's up yeah yeah that's what's up yeah, cool. cool cool um so there's two albums bo- both jazzy <laughs> <laughs> uh jazz hands people um <laughs> you know what I'm gonna start with uh the the uh John Baptiste album Ta-da-da. um so this album is um give up Hold on, people. <laughs> so it's called Hollywood Africans. Um, and so most people know John Baptiste as like the band leader for the Tonight Show. Or not Tonight Show. Um, the one with... Um... Damn, dude. Am I getting it's old? The old it's, it's the old man show. <laughs> the late show. The late show. Yeah. So uh, the one with Steve uh, Colbert. Yes. Yeah. Um, so... As but, his friend calls him Stevie. Yeah, Stevie Cole. <laughs> but all right. So anyway, um, so he's he's been doing that for a long for a while. But prior to that, he was actually 
he's like a actually like a musical prodigy. Um, his live shows are fucking amazing. He does this thing called like almost like um, he's from New Orleans originally, so he, he'll do these like New Orleans line uh, things where you just like the show spills out into the street and you're just like in the middle of the street and oh, it's dope. like the band comes out and you're just walking down like, you know, 48th street, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, and it's really, really, really cool. Um, and he's one of those dudes and I think he's, he's fairly young. I think he's only like maybe, you know, turned 30 or whatever, but he's one of those dudes that, you know, he can play every instrument and, you know, he came from new Orleans. So he obviously has this jazz background, um, you know, he obviously, you know, so it's kind of really cool to see that. Um, and this album, like, I'm not as big a John Baptiste fan as my wife, um, who's like a larger fan. I think, you know, has like, you know, met him a couple times, whatever. Um, so my wife picked up this album, um, Shouts to Lauren, um, and she picked up on vinyl. Ooh, look at that. So, Speaking of snobbery. <laughs> <laughs> I can't play it in MP3 like you regular regular folks. Somebody bring me my vinyl player. Hook it up to my hi-fi system. But you know, it's, you know, I have I have a you know I have a record player and I have like a vinyl collection. Um, but it's one of those things where I'm not like I never felt like I was a vinyl snob. Like I, I yes, vinyl sounds music sounds more pure or whatever yeah but i'm not gonna like hold it against you if you don't have a vinyl record collection you know because like my collection is actually really like small and people are just like oh this this is it <laughs> <laughs> where your crepes son where your crates look at this look at this my crates in my phone <laughs> bitch um it's in the cloud motherfucker it's in the cloud <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so like this this uh, this album was really cool because it's just kind of him at the piano. Like a lot of his music is more like kind of like that New York, uh, not New York, uh, but New Orleans kind of like swing jazz, and it's kind of like um, I wouldn't say like I wouldn't call it eccentric, but it's just kind of like it's hard to explain. But it's just kind of like a little bit more like upbeat and party esque. And this one is just literally him at a piano, um, just singing and, you know, doing his own work and other, you know, just covers and things like that. Um, and it's great. Like, it sounds great on vinyl. He does, like, What's, What a Wonderful World is really cool. Um, there's a couple of tracks. Um, I think, like, The Very Thaw You is, like, a really amazing, like like just love song that's on the piano you know it's on vinyl you're with your lady like having a glass of wine it's like sets the mood so this whole album just like sets the mood you know uh but he has this really cool cover of green hill zone from sonic the hedgehog wow Wow. Which I missed a Shouts to Sega. Shouts. Sega. Sega Gang Forever. <laughs> SNES, go suck my dick. <laughs> I was the opposite. Really? I, I had the Super Nintendo, fam. It's, 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 it's SNES. It's yeah. SNES. Nah, yeah, nah, the nah, Super Nintendo, fam. Did it have blast processing, huh? Did you do what you know about blast processing? You know what I'm saying? 32X. <laughs> nothing Sega when I was, CD. Nothing when I was like eight. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I used to go over this one kid's house, man. He had all that stuff. I would have sit there envious, envious and rage. 
<laughs> anyway, so uh, so no, it's it just a really cool album. Um, it was just it was a surprise. Like I said, my you know my wife bought it, brought it home, and I was like, oh, this is this is solid. It's just a solid, solid. Uh, it's a solid buy, I would say. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I mean, uh, shit. Now I feel like, damn, we gotta keep we gotta keep the jazz going. <laughs> fast jazz. Fast, 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 fast. <laughs> So if that's the case, <laughs> I'm going to bring up Mikhail McCraven. You know what I'm saying? So basically, drummer dude. Um, so the way he records the album basically is interesting because he just records music. So it's yeah. just like it could be stuff where he's doing a show. It could be like him just kind of just, just shit playing in, the, you know, in his basement. And apparently what he does, he kind of gets it and chops it up. So it's a weird album to listen to because it almost sounds like somebody's beat tape. Mm. Where it's like you'll hear a performance, you hear people clapping, and then it stops, and then it goes to like a whole other, <laughs> like you know, it could be very jazzy, then it stops, and all of a sudden, this R and B track kind of kicks in. Mm. But um, but what's cool about it is the fact that it's very fucking dope, and it's cool because it the way it kind of happens is the fact that it kind of deconstructs what the album kind of is. Yeah. Where kind of like, and it's, it's kind of in the way where I figure kind of Radiohead is, where it's like, well, it's going to go into the studio and nerd out and kind of take all these pieces and put them all together. But in their case, their case it kind of makes sure it kind of works together. Where I think of him, Craven, is it is kind of just dope. Mm. It's almost like someone gave you a dope ass mixtape. So what I like about it is the fact that it kind of goes from like this weird experimental jazz to something that might be a little more R and B as far as music is concerned to straight up like almost hip hop loops. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like it's 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 one I've been listening to a lot recently and it's kind of just pretty dope. And it's then shouts to my 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 fiance. Apparently, this is that maybe that's tied that binds. It's, it's the women in our lives <laughs> to right. dragging our Neanderthal hip hop and rock loving asses <laughs> to proper music. Getting us, giving us some culture. You know what I'm saying? Now, screw that, man. I can still wear my skinny jeans. <laughs> 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 and, then, uh, and I guess the last I'm, I'm going to talk about it's not necessarily jazz per se, but also jazz influenced. Mm, yeah. um, the new Action Bronson, White okay. Bronco. All right. So, what's interesting is. Uh, so Action Bronx usually kind of works with like party favors and he there's distinct MCs where he'll basically have an album and write over that whole album. Yeah. But what he's really been good at, two things. He himself has great one-liners. The one-liners here are pretty good. They aren't as good as his old ones, but there's moments of brilliance. Yeah. But where he always excels at is his beat selection. Mm-hmm. The beats are always fantastic. There's only one clunker here towards the end is a song of ASAP Rocky, which I actually like. Yeah, but it just feels like out of place where they're like, "All right, we gotta throw in one regular ass hip hop song." Yeah, but up until then, it's just a, it's just a glorious. It's like knowledge is one of the guys that that makes the beats. Oh, it's it's just all these yeah. like, and what's interesting is as opposed to having it, it would have been very easy because it's this guy played in the whip. This was the whip test. <laughs> so what I was shocked with in the whip test because I was playing some you know some trap shit is. It, there's really no trap drums. There's almost no even boom bap drums. Mm. A lot of the samples are kind of almost organic where if there's drums, they aren't really heavily pushed with the bass. Yeah. So it's kind of almost very smooth. And I know there's a lot of um, there's a lot of allegory towards Ghostface because obviously he sounds a lot like Ghostface. But where Ghostface would do it where it sounds kind of unhinged, in this record he kind of does it where it's just like really dope writing music. Yeah. So I happened to be in California at the time and I was like, oh, this is perfect, like... You know, just driving oh, yeah. down, top down, kind of chill ass stuff. So um, it's called White Bronco, and it's pretty dope. It's just got really dope loops, really cool, relaxed stuff. And the only thing that's weird about him is I guess he's in the traditional phase because apparently he had a whole like like Twitter storm where he was basically like fuck vice, 
Fuck Vice as a record label, as a crew. <laughs> Which I kind of get. because I mean, that that's like a theme now. Yeah. Because Jesus and Miro yeah. said the same thing. Yeah, everybody's you know, on so. the fuck. And I kind of get it in his case because apparently not only is he one of the television personalities, he's also signed to the record label. Which got a double suck because you probably, if you are unhappy at one, <laughs> you're probably gonna, you're probably getting double fucked. Probably. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if this was a quick throwout to kind of get out of a record label um, drama or whatever because it's relatively a short, short, very short, maybe three minutes, and I think more like in the twenties. Mm. Which I guess is you know I guess praise be yeah. the he who must remain unnamed <laughs> <laughs> for this this short album flex that we're kind of in now. But uh, but it's it's very dope, very cool writer music. And I think that he got he he traditionally has got an unfair shake because he was seen as biting Ghostface. But honestly, at the end of the day, their flows are the same. The voices kind of sound kind of sound kind of similar, but they're really two totally different artists. Yeah, I yeah. never thought he was like biting Ghostface. Yeah, but, but you know how to hip going back to the purists. Going yeah, back to the purists, like, it's like oh, you know, he's biting. Da, 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 da. You know, like like I mean, yeah, no, I mean, you could definitely. Like feel the influence, but I, you know, I, I I always kind of you know maybe maybe it's like wishful thinking that you just kind of sounded like Ghostface. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, well, you know, can make the argument that somebody's been a better you know ever since somebody showed up, so that other person's been kind of in in basically been dropping very mediocre stuff. Oh no! I, I yeah no yeah. definitely definitely like, no like, like the rise of action Bronson is directly is direct correlation to the like, flow of Ghostface and like, I say it's a huge Ghostface fan. I'm a huge Ghostface fan. fan. Like I want one. I met Ghostface. I couldn't even say like hi, <laughs> you know. But still, like that was after a show where he like bombed. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like like yeah. No, I mean it's, it's, he's definitely it's definitely like interesting to kind of see that. Um, cool, cool. Uh, so the last artist I will talk about and. You said that we've already talked about this artist. I feel like I shouted him out already. Okay. I feel like I, I might have gave him a shout out. I don't remember because obviously when we do this podcast, we drink. Yeah. So and, I might have forgotten. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, and we're old, dude. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, yeah. we've got memory problems. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Pink Sifu. Pink Sifu, yes. Um, that, another artist <laughs> I just stumbled on. Um, so, funny thing. Still not on Spotify because I'm I have way too much stuff that I need to transfer over and I'm way too busy slash lazy. So I'm still on Apple Music. Gang gang. Apple forever, baby. <laughs> Apple forever. Come at us. Holler at us. Beats, I'm- baby. <laughs> MacBook Pros. iPads. We got it all here. I know. I just like put more of my money into Apple's like <laughs> stock price. It's good though. So that way um, when, when they eventually take over the world and the Gestapo police come around, you could be like, I have Apple products though. <laughs> Don't shoot me. Um, but anyway, so uh, I found this on Apple Music um, and it's, I mean, you know, talking about jazz and talking about diggable, diggable planets and, and it's, it's kind of like a 2018 um, version of that. Um, it's very kind of, um, off kilter it's very jazzy it's very poetic um it's very kind of like uh atmospheric uh it's a really cool album and i'm glad like the first the first time i played it through you know um through beginning to end i was like wow this is great because i'm always looking for rap does not trap music (laughs) (laughs) so like it fit the bill and then i i on the second time i was just like this sounds a lot like Dickable Planets. Um, and I just, you, um, 
I just listened to the Diggable Plants album like probably like two or three weeks ago. I was like, oh, it sounds a lot like what Diggable Plants would do. They dropped an album in 2018. Um, third or fourth listen, I'm kind of like back to saying like this is a really cool project. Um, you know, I like. I, I am not going to say it's like a great project, but um, it's something where I see a lot of potential in this dude. Um, it's just kind of very different and in a really cool way, you know, and like also too like the samples that he uses um, are very like pro, pro black. Yes. <laughs> it's a but, very woke album. It's a very and, woke without, album. Without being on top of the head of it. Yeah, yeah. It's a very In woke album. In that weird Badu kind of way. Yeah, where it's like, I'm yeah, just naturally yeah. woke. I yeah, mean, I mean, it's definitely like a compliment to, to to a Badu or like one of those one of those artists where it's just kind of like, yeah, it's woke, it's it's poetic, it's jazzy, um, maybe a little boho. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's cool. Like, I, I see what he, he was trying to do. And it's a very solid project. I oh, mean, yeah. production-wise, it's great. Um, you know, like everything, like, and it's 25 tracks. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, but it didn't feel like it. No, you know, it definitely didn't feel like it. Like it definitely didn't feel like, you know, cause again, like listening to the Migos or something like by track 12, I'm like, <sighs> yeah, you know, and, and this just was just, it was great because of, of, of all of the samples and, and kind of things that are kind of in, in, in sports, it, like it, you know, it kind of held your attention as you got to the next track. Yeah. Um, so it was really cool. So the dudes from uh, Birmingham, yeah, br- shout out to Alabama, my peoples. Yeah, <laughs> gang, gang. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think, you know, truth be told, and this is like the A&R me coming out, like, <laughs> it'd be, he'll probably benefit from, like, I know, it, I think he just moved to L.A., so I think it would be kind of cool to uh-uh. see... If, I mean, he'll probably benefit from hanging out with like a Kendrick, obviously, or like a Flying Lotus, or like Thundercat. Like, I think like he has a really cool concept and idea. He just like I think now that he's in LA, maybe can, he can connect with all those cats and like really do something. I see. So yeah, no, dope, dope, dope. I mean, personally, I'm a big fan. I, I, t- I, I, I this is gonna be we're gonna have a debate about this. Okay, let's go. I actually don't hear. I, I see your point about the Google Planets, but I feel like it's only on certain songs. And I feel like those songs tend to be, I think it's less about him sounding like Diggable Planets, but Diggable Planets kind of biting f- f- a certain kind of jazzy kind of thing, like almost a beat. You, you hear it a lot in Solange, mm-hmm. whereas you've got like a little jazz rhythm and you've got a certain kind of vocal kind of kind of tone. Yeah. Because on those blatant like Diggable Planet bites, it sounds like also it's, they tend to be other female vocals there. It's almost sing-songy. Yeah. So it's like I think where it dips into his R and B is where you kind of hear a lot of the Google Plans kind of come out there, just because that to be funny. He's not a really good. He's not a singer, and he's a good do auto tune. So it's like cool to have the female vocals in him and kind of do that whole almost spoken word breathy kind of thing. Yeah. But what I like about it to me, it's more akin to a lot of that like that dust in New York City rap that's kind of come back from your rock Marciano mm. to a certain extent. Obviously, actually, actually, Bronson is a way much more polished high octane version. But that idea of where we've got these these like you know head nodding loops that kind of go out there and it's almost trippy yeah. and the guy rapping rhyming on top of it with him what i like about him is the fact of where it's 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 it sounds like and going over those tracks and why i think why it didn't sound so long it's because he knows 
he knows how to play with the tracks so nothing overstays its welcome. So yeah. sometimes something that could have been an interlude and it would have had interlude in brackets, it kind of comes in there, it does what it has to do and it has to leave. And I think also it's a testament because it stays within the kind of same kind of vibe. Yeah. As opposed to Migos, where it's just like, you know, we're doing this party all the time. We're doing this party all the <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's kind of like this relaxed, kind of like, you know, almost his journey to what he's doing. I actually think... And then what's also so shocking is, and going back to your point, it's really, really, really well fucking produced. Not, oh, I don't, no, I don't mean very produced. Yeah. yeah, I don't mean about beats. I mean very the, well produced. the vocals and everything else. This sounds like a major label album. It doesn't sound it like does. somebody just made in the corner. And, and the, the sequencing as well. Yeah. Like the way that the tracks kind of blend into each other. Like, again, like you wouldn't know it's 25 tracks. Yeah. And like, like that's not easy to do. Yeah. And then the thing is, he's, I, I believe he's still like, this is my mixtape. It's not my debut album, but it's like, dog, this is really well no, it's, it's for really a dude good. No. who's just, you know, on, on label of Bandcamp. <laughs> it's fucking fantastic. I actually like him the way he is. I hope he kind of leans into more of his weirdness. I kind of get your point about how for him to kind of go into, like getting to like a lot, a lot of like-minded individuals, like maybe hang out with Earl, hanging Earl Sweatshirt that is. To, you know, I just know him as Earl. You know, hanging out with a couple of let's say weird Beast Coast dudes, like let's say old school like Joey Badass things like that, kind of help form what he is. But what I, I, I just felt like it's a good vibe because it's something where it could have been very cheesy, very neo solely, but it just sounds like head music to me. It sounds like stuff you know you kind of yeah. smoke. And going back to knowledge. How, like, he had a lot of, like, he was kind of like the producer du jour for a lot of, like, cast in the West Coast, like, as far as Anderson Pack. Anybody who kind of liked jazz a little bit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> It was yeah, like, yeah. all right, call up that knowledge, dude. <laughs> so I feel like somebody like him and those who linking up would be perk because I feel like they're, they're in the same kind of sphere. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but no, it's, I think it's going to be one of my favorite releases of the year. I, I think it kind of stuck up on me because, you know, um, shouts to Tim from Pitchfork. He was like, oh, this is dope, yada, yada, yada. You would like it because we both obsess over Makami. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, this is dope. But then what's cool about it is it easily transferred to, again, once again, the women in our lives. Was like, <laughs> she was like, oh, I fuck with this also. This is kind of jazz. It's kind of cool. It kind of has a great vibe to it. And I hope that, you know, he definitely is going to do big things because he's young as fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like 20, yeah. maybe? And he's got like, like a million and one albums. He's He does does like different things and different. He's somebody where I think it is a kind of testament to what like the modern era of like kind of being your own record label is because yeah. he's dropped several projects on a slightly different names over yeah. Bandcamp and kind of he's had a chance to he may not have gotten a and now to a certain extent but he's basically A&R himself where he's, yeah. yeah like like the, the the idea that he's been honing his craft shows on this album where like I said it, it could sit there as you know come out on fucking you know quality control and you know, and it, it'd be perfectly fine. Yeah, and, and when I said like you know he should hang out with Kendrick and whatever, it's not saying like he needs to like get better. I mean, you know, like you can always improve your craft, yeah, always, but always. it's more of like I could see him being that dude. Yeah. I could see him like being like not even like the next Anderson Pack, but like on those tracks with Kendrick, on those tracks of like Flying Lotus or Thundercat. Like oh, I could absolutely. see oh, him. Brain feeder him in that oh, company. That'd be so like, yeah. like it's more of like I want to see this dude win. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to like, oh, you need to learn something. I was like, no, it's like you just need to be in that company. No, true, like, true, true. Agreed. Like, agreed. You have agreed. something to, to share. Yeah. No, agreed. And I and I think it's something where I think he's got a sound as and and no no this that's like bigger than Bandcamp. I think he's somebody where he definitely would do great looking up somebody like a crew. Yeah. So like hopefully, but yeah, no, one of one of my favorites and I think he just does really well and I think he's got a wonky day job where he's, he stays in New York a lot also. 
Oh, where? Yeah, because I think I read an interview where he's like he he'll kind of come and he it's like he'll come to New York just to kind of for the summer and kind of get the vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring yeah. back from L.A. But uh, I think it's somebody where he, he's definitely on my artist to watch, and when he supposedly drops his quote unquote debut album, I'll be there listening. He's definitely one of the young dudes out there that are making big waves that I think definitely has a future. And I think when I you know he may not make the top ten, but he's definitely gonna make my top twenty records of the year. I think that's what's up. Yeah, cool, oh, cool. And that was it for jazz. That was jazz. You hear the horns in the background playing? <laughs> Stevie, play a little, give a little funk on it for me. Yeah. As you come out here, charging you $25 for a Heineken <laughs> at Reggie's Jazz Spots. You got to go to the late night show, fam. Oh, that, even the late night show, we, oh, the only late night show you get a little, you get more songs. Like. That's about it, bud. Good Lord. <laughs> well, the one in Lincoln Center is like Tuesday night at like, 12 30 a.m oh. everything's five dollars you know and then and then, and then <laughs> <laughs> that's the show i'm talking about uh, and then what gets me is a lot of the times and, and, and i feel like that we've prayed jazz this whole episode let's kill it now so you'll show up to these jazz spots and it's like oh let me go see jazz so you figure you go to a random jazz spot on a random in the big city new york where any it could be la it could be new orleans you show up to a big jazz spot and it's like oh shit i'm gonna go check out this band and it's, you know, random because it's got to be some dope ass jazz people around here playing music. It'll be easy. Yo, you go to some places in New York, it's like $25. Oh, no. It's, it's basically it's, it's... per person. It's like, and it's like not even like, let's say, I'm not going to even assume like a Roy Hargrove. Obviously, that's high tier. Yeah. But it's not even like his students. It's just basically like, you know, fucking the musicians that will play at like during Christmas while Santa has people sitting in their yeah. laps. But I mean, <laughs> and, and you know, I, mean, I mean, I know we have to end this, but like, that's why I say jazz is like black people's classical. Yeah, because true. It's, it's kind of like appealing to that same kind of demographic. Well, we got to change it though. Y'all, y'all need to have jazz. You know what I'm saying? Y'all need to support your local cheap jazz nights. I am. You know what I'm saying? I'm make like, it happen. I want to hear it like pop. jazz in a basement somewhere. Yeah, you know exactly. You, you know what I'm saying? Like Underground jazz sweating, shows. you know? You know what I'm saying? So, oh, actually, but shouts to, because I did go in bed I hope they still have it. There's a brownstone jazz. Work. Wait, every Friday, check, check this out. So there he so it's a jazz bassist dude runs it with his, I believe, hopeful wife, possible significant other. You know how those jazz uh, musicians uh, are. Okay. But uh, what's cool about it is it's jazz music and fish fry in true black folk fashion. I'm there. <laughs> Let's go. So holla. If you if you guys are still around, brownstone jazz, well worth the trip to the sty, guys. Word. Word. Alright. Alright, guys. And that was it for the jazz special. <laughs> Next week we'll come back to your regular scheduled trap and Kanye episodes. <laughs> Probably. Probably. Well, we have to. I've been talking about Metro Boomin and uh, yeah, yeah, there's a couple of things and, then, and, and Staples, then, you know, and a lot of things. Yandi. Yeah, Yandi. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't even know. No, that he will not be named though. I don't know who that person is. <laughs> well, you know, like like uh, I, I feel like Kanye is going to be in Trump's cabinet. So that's oh, that's good though. He could be. He could know, be the like, new Attorney General though. Yeah, literally just sessions, sessions like yeah, it's gone. Quit, so resign, you know, so, Kanye like, get you up. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Kanye West, Attorney General, coming out there giving those ass press conference. <laughs> Five people we, in the press we, corps. We I'm didn't, looking for that. We didn't even talk about the election last night. We don't have but to. We, we, we're not going to. Yeah, we're not Anyway, yeah. on that note, we're going to end this. <laughs> on that note, hug your loved ones. We might not be in this planet not that much, much longer. <laughs> Peace. Peace. <laughs>